I got to tell you, I love gifts. Do you love gifts? I love getting gifts. I love unwrapping them and just, you know, being surprised. There's there's that moment just as you're tearing off the paper that you see what the gift is, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Or maybe you're like, "Uh, yeah, thanks for the socks. (laughs) You know, that's what I always wanted. Just, woo, thank you. You know, I got to tell you, um, in that, that world of gifts, uh, the way we present things, the way we do things, and um, this isn't in my notes, but this was shared with me this morning, and I want to share it with you because it's, it's because of you all that these kind of things happen. Um, you know, we did Christmas prayers every year, and we, this was our sixth year, and, and as, a, as a minister, as a, as a church leader, you consider things like, do we keep doing it, you know, just because we've always done it? And so you, you analyze these things differently. And, and this year there was a particular family, and the, the family has two daughters, and the youngest of the two daughters is at St. Jude's Hospital uh, undergoing some real serious chemotherapies and radiations and all kinds of stuff for, for cancer that she has, and she's only in kindergarten. And um, it just was a really unique story. Um, but, but here's the cool part. We, we came, we said, you know what, we, we're going to adopt these two little girls. And, and one of, one of uh, a group of people said, we're going to adopt these two little girls. But then we still had people after we had submitted for all of our kids that were like, we want to do something for Christmas prayers. And so I said to those families, hey, let's do some things for the parents because uh, they're living at the Target house at St. Jude uh, in, in Memphis, basically. And, and the older daughter stays here with grandma. They go up every weekend to see mom and dad. And so, so one of our families... Uh, actually, a couple of our families uh, got some gift cards that were just for mom and dad that, that were really cool because they wrote on them things like date night and, you know, go have some fun and, and just some things that they wouldn't normally do. Uh, but the really neat part is one of the families that did that, um, that, well, I'll just say it, the dad has a really big mouth. And so he started talking about at work, this family at St. Jude that as a church, we adopted these little girls and he made the people at work cry. And and the people at work said, you know, we want to do something. And so uh, he shows up the day of Christmas prayers and he gives me another envelope that was filled with several hundred dollars worth of gift cards for mom and dad. And then I thought, wow, that's really awesome. We're just gonna, this family just going to be blown away by your generosity. And, and, and it's when I say every week, go and, and be this reflection, you know, it's, there, people are listening, they're doing that. And so then he comes back to me this morning, he says, hey, uh, who do we make a check out to for this family? And I said, well, I'll find out for sure. But again, from the, the benevolence and the generosity of, of this person's work and, and co-workers and that he has a, a big mouth and, a, and being a reflection of Christ, they're going to write a check for $900 for this family. And that's, that's what this is. That's, that's you going every Sunday, back into work, back into your community, back in. That's what that is. And, and it comes back around in ways that you will never know. There, there are so many ripple effects that happen in our community uh, because of gifts. And, and it starts, we started with Mary's indescribable gift, and her gift um, was obedience. And then, then we talked about Joseph's gift, and his gift was family. And, and today we're going to talk about Jesus' gift. And, and you may be thinking, well, why does Jesus' gift box just look brown and not fancy. And then you have to look over to the manger and say, you know, of, of all the things that he could have been and, and could have been born in, it could have came, all the ways he could have come, 
he came like this. And it's kind of that Raiders of the Lost Ark thing when they were looking at the, the, the cup, you know, you've chosen poorly, you know. <laughs> the cup, you know, the, the Holy Grail was a simple, simple thing. And, and that was it. The, this indescribable gift of Jesus' love came wrapped up in just simplicity. And, and, and in all of that, I have to circle back around. I have to tell you, when it comes to, to gifts and giving gifts, I love to shop. Now, I don't mean like take my man card because I just like to go shopping. I like to go shopping for the sake of, of like finding the perfect gift, you know, um, and, and, then, and then, then wrapping presents. And so I couldn't do this because I have to wrap presents in a certain way. I, I think I, I believe that presentation is everything when it comes to giving gifts. And, and, and some of you have received gifts from me. Uh, I've been known to be real creative in the regard of, of presentation for gifts. One time uh, last year, um, it's going to make some people mad, but it's okay, because I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> when, when Bama lost to Auburn, okay? Mitzi, my wife, is a Bama fan, and, and I gave her a box of Kleenex for Christmas. <laughs> Now, hold on. It was an unopened box of Kleenex, okay? But, but the cool thing was, because I went, I'm just creative like this, I wrapped it real nice, there was a scarf that she'd been wanting, okay? And so I got this Kleenex box, and I very surgically removed the seal along the back end, and I, and I opened it up, and I pulled the Kleenex out, and, I, and I, I kind of separated the stack a little bit. And I had this scarf folded back and forth. And I taped it to the Kleenex. And then I put it back in. And then I like hot glued the box back together. So it's like this perfect unopened box of Kleenex. And then I wrapped it in beautiful wrapping and a bow. And I wrote this little note about, you know, this will help you get through your pain. Or it was just something like that. And she literally opens it up. And, and, and she's like, really? You have a box of Kleenex? I said, you're not done opening it. Because she was like setting it down. She was like, you're just a goofball. And I was like, you're not done opening it. And, and so she peels the top off the Kleenex. She pulls one out. She keep going. She pulls another one out. Pulls another. Finally, a few Kleenexes into it. And she pulls out. It turns into this red and white scarf that she really... And then it was like, you know, a clown trick. And it just kept coming out with a big old long scarf. Her gift was revealed. And, and it was a scarf that she really wanted. And, and it was at that moment where I was like, yes, I got the perfect gift that year. And the point is this. If she had just set that Kleenex box to the side and never really opened it, she would have never gotten the whole gift. And the same thing is true with this gift, this indescribable gift of Christ's love for us. It's here. It's, it's right here for us to open. Not necessarily in the box, but it's here. It's here for, for not just us, but for all the world. And the sad thing is that most of the world doesn't want to do what is needed to open it up and to accept it. It's, really? Got me a Kleenex? I just want to set it aside. But even more sad than that is the fact that a lot of Christians, a majority of Christians, only open the gift of Christ's love just enough to get a little bit on them and then they're happy. And, and then they just go back to what they were doing. Uh, today... I've got a couple of different ways to illustrate this indescribable gift of Christ's love for us. Um, we're going to be in, in uh, Luke, in the, in the book of Luke. So you can go ahead and turn there and just, just hang out because we're going to be in Luke for quite a while. But before we get there, will you pray with me? 
Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you that we can have an opportunity to look into this gift, this indescribable gift of the love of your son that that you shared with us, knowing who we are, knowing who we were, knowing who we will be, you still chose to send him in such a humble form to do such amazing things for us. I pray, Lord, as we as we go through today, you'll open up our hearts to see and to fully accept this gift that you've given. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Once there was a tree, and she loved a little boy. And every day the boy would come, and he would gather her leaves and make them into crowns and play king of the forest. He would climb up her trunk and swing from her branches and eat apples. And they would play hide and go seek. And when he was tired, he would sleep in her shade. And the boy loved the tree very much and the tree was happy but time went by and the boy grew older and the tree was often alone then one day the boy came to the tree and the tree said come boy come and climb up my trunk and swing on my branches and eat apples and play in my shade and be happy. I am too big to climb and play, said the boy. I want to buy things and have fun. I want some money. Can you give me money? I am sorry, said the tree, but I have no money. I have only leaves and apples. Take my apples, boy, and sell them in the city. Then you will have money, and it will make you happy. And so the boy climbed up the tree and gathered her apples and carried them away, and the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time, and the tree was sad. And then one day, the boy came back. And the tree shook with joy. And she said, come boy, climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and be happy. I am too busy to climb trees, said the boy. I want a house to keep me warm, he said. I want a wife. I want children. So I need a house. Can you give me a house? I have no house, said the tree. The forest is my house but you may cut off my branches and build a house. Then you will be happy. And so the boy cut off her branches and carried them away to build his house. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time. 
And when he came back, the tree was so happy she could hardly speak. Come, boy, she whispered. Come and play. I am too old and too sad to play, said the boy. I want a boat that will take me away from here. Can you give me a boat? Cut down my trunk and make a boat, said the tree. Then you can sail away and be happy. And so the boy cut down her trunk and made a boat and sailed away. And the tree was happy, but not really. After a long time, the boy came back. I am sorry, boy, said the tree, but I have nothing left to give you. My apples are gone. My teeth are too weak for apples, said the boy. My branches are gone, said the tree. You cannot swing on them. I am too old to swing on branches, said the boy. My trunk is gone, said the tree. You cannot climb. I am too tired to climb, said the boy. I am sorry, sighed the tree. I wish that I could give you something, but I have nothing left. I am just an old stump. I am sorry. I don't need very much, said the boy. Just a quiet place to sit and rest. I am very tired. Well, said the tree, straightening herself as much as she could. Well, an old stump is good for sitting, for resting. Come, boy, sit down, sit and rest. And the boy did, and the tree was happy. The end. We're a lot like that little boy. We treat our parents like that growing up. Just, just one more thing. I'll be happy. Just, and it starts out, it's easy when they're little. They just want like something from the dollar store. You know, <laughs> makes them happy. But then they become like teenagers and they want cars. And, you know, <laughs> they become teenagers and they want iPhones and stuff. And just one more thing. One more shiny, and then we'll be happy. You know, and parents, we want to make our kids happy, so we try and find a way to make it happen. But you know, as Christians, we do the same thing. Just, just one more, God. Just, just one more. We, we do this. We, we make deals for our happiness with God sometimes. And some of us, we just deny him until our old age, and then we come and we hope we can sit and rest but God's already given us this indescribable gift of love. His love, it's better than apples. It's better than tree branches. It's better than, than making a boat. It's better than a house. And he knew all along that the blood of goats and bulls would not be enough to cover the sins of the world. And, and even though the Israelites were also like this little boy, you look at the history in the, in the Bible, they're like, give us a king and we'll be happy. He gave him a king. And they weren't happy. Give us a sign. They're out in the wilderness. Give us signs. He gave them signs. Give us a way to know you. He did that. He did that through the prophets and, and through, through signs and through the tabernacle. Even, he even gave them good kings and bad kings to show them that he was really in charge. And, it, you know, finally, it just kind of became cyclical. These things kept coming. And 
give us this, give us this. And then finally he gave them silence. And, and after a period of 400 years of silence, God broke his silence with the cry of a baby in a manger. And when he sent the final king and the final sign was set in the sky in the form of a star and the angels sang and heaven proclaimed and it was amazing. This indescribable gift of God's love had come at last. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2. I want to read through this with you. I want you to think about this in, the, in that form of the indescribable gift of love, of God's love. Think about the things that, that Mary and Joseph endured uh, as they stayed true to their gifts that they were given. Verse 1, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The angels are telling the shepherds, This gift is for everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. It's funny how our final sacrifice at eight days old There's a sacrifice given on his behalf to the Lord. This gift is here for us. And his life started with a little bit of bloodshed. It's something we don't really think about at Christmas because, ooh. But when you think about it, well, our gift, that's what wraps it up into being so indescribable to find hard. It's hard to find the words for it. But that's where his life started. 
with fulfillment of prophecy, with angels talking to men, with, with just shepherds going and telling other people, and, and with Jesus' own family making a sacrifice on his behalf. But listen to this, it gets even better. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Oh, to be that guy. Could you imagine the Holy Spirit letting you know you will see the Lord's Christ before you die? And he came in the spirit of the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, the child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. Verse 35. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. You know, when God breaks his silence, he really opens up and he shares a lot. And there is so much in what I just read. But here's the thing. On the night that Jesus was born, like I said, the angels told the shepherds, and the shepherds went to see the new baby. And then they went and told everyone else that the Savior had been born, who is Christ the Lord. But did they really get the gift? Did they really understand the message that they shared? I mean, we know that it was like 33 years later before Jesus began telling people why he was here. And think about it. I give you a gift today, and you don't open it for 33 years. Or, or maybe you open it, but like Mitzi, you just don't take it out of the box for 33 years. Could you imagine if she just set that aside? And then one day needed a tissue and started pulling it out. And whoa, there's a scarf in here three years later. But then eight days after he is born at the temple, Simeon tells his parents this about Jesus. He says that he will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother reveled, or marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul. What kind of gift is this to give a new mother? We look at these gifts and they should be good things. And and here's Simeon, a prophet, basically telling Mary what's going to happen. He's telling her he is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. You know, right there, Mary is told when Jesus is just eight days old that her indescribable gift of being Jesus' mother that I talked about a few weeks ago, that of being obedient to God no matter what was happening around her. She's told here at eight days old that this, not her being eight days old, but at Christ being eight days old, that it's going to end and how it's going to end. I don't know that she understood the whole picture right then, but she gets a glimpse of what this little gift is really for. She gets a glimpse that her baby that she carried, that she birthed, that she, she's now holding eight days later. And she gets a glimpse of what this gift is for. But we miss it. Not us. Not our world. Every, every year, 
we get a glimpse of the perfect gift. Yeah, twice a year, if we're paying attention at Christmas time and Easter, we get this glimpse of this perfect gift, the gift of God's indescribable love for us, and we cover it up. We cover it up with commercialism and, and glittery bows. And, and even when we stop for a moment on the Sunday before Christmas or even at the, at the traditional Christmas Eve service, most of us still walk out and we miss the gift. And the sad thing is that when we put this gift next to the ones that we're going to give and receive this week, only one of them will last for eternity. And now don't get me wrong, I am not anti-Christmas or anti-gift giving or anti-celebrating and remembering the best gift ever. I'm not about that. But I have to confess to you that this week, my 11-year-old son put it into perspective for me. Hey, you see, Mitzi's parents are coming and they're traveling up on Christmas Day. And they're going to get here around 8 or 9 in the evening because they're going to just get up and just drive all day long. Um, and Dylan has already said in our house, there will be no gifts opened until they get here. I was like, not even one? <laughs> he said, no. <laughs> and I look back at his, at his list of things he wanted for Christmas and all the things he could have asked for. At the top of his list was spending time with his Mimi and Pappy and taking them to a movie. Now, this is a busy season, no doubt. I, this whole month, I've had a lot on my plate, and I almost messed up and missed it myself. Leading up to this week, I, was, I had planning meetings for the story series that we're doing next year. I've had our Christmas prayers dinner, getting all that stuff orchestrated, and, and you guys did a great job in, in all the stuff you did in making that such a success. Um, I had a group of people from our church. We helped out at the, the Wally Jolly Christmas show, and, and that was a lot of preparation. And, and another day... All this stuff going on, not to mention the, uh, the infamous Christmas honey-do list. You got to get those done before the in-laws come, which I don't understand. She grew up in their house. They know I have to do all the cleaning. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, that's being recorded, isn't it? You know, all this stuff. And, and then I look at this list. I go back and I look at the list that Dylan gave us. And I realized I almost missed it. The indescribable gift of Jesus' love. The family that, that we have to spend time with. And now, if that wasn't enough, I get an email from someone this past week with a poem that they wrote. Apparently, Jesus knows that I'm a slow learner <laughs> when it comes to picking up on these things. Uh, the poem is called Born in Bethlehem. And it takes these last three weeks and all of these indescribable gifts that we've talked about. And it puts them into a perspective. And I don't know if that was the purpose, but I asked the author of this poem if I could use it. And they said yes, but they wanted to remain anonymous. Um, this poem is called Born in Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem. The Son of God came to save the world as a sacrificial lamb. Now God had made a special role for Joseph and his wife to raise a very special child too soon to give his life. They traveled miles and miles from home on a dusty, dirty trail to register their presence as the Romans had entailed. And when they got to Bethlehem, soon Mary was to birth a little humble baby boy to save the entire earth. Now angels came to shepherds who were awestruck with surprise. The sky was filled with angels. They could not believe their eyes. But now the angel mildly spoke so as not to scare them off. You'll find the baby son of God in town, wrapped up in cloth. The shepherds quickly went to see what the angels had declared and found him just as they had said in a manger by a mare. And the star it shone so brightly, it stole darkness from the night. 
the king's pursuit could not be swayed from following that light. And when they found that little child, the moment they did seize to worship him and give him gifts, kings humbled on their knees. He came in like a gentle breeze, barely noticed as a child. But soon the world would recognize someone gentle, meek, and mild could save the whole wide world from sin. Now the broken and deceived could turn their life around again if only they believed. And he came to save my soul. And he came to save yours too. The choice is up to both of us. He doesn't tell us what to do. We choose to let him in or we choose to keep him out. The choice is total black and white. There isn't any doubt. I choose to let this small child in where he flourishes and grows. And someday hope to be the man whose heart the Savior knows. Born in Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem. When the time was right, he came one night to accept me as I am. That is the indescribable gift of our Savior's love. When, when the time was right, according to God's story, Jesus came that night. And here today, he accepts us all. All of us, just like we are. No, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, even right now in our holiday best, when we stand before him on our own, we are dressed in rags. But when we accept this indescribable gift of Christ's love, when we submit to him in baptism and making him the Lord of our life and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you will see that indescribable gift of Christ's love is for us indeed the best gift ever. Whether you need to be baptized or you need to repent and begin a life of better accountability, Whatever your response is today, just know that the best gift has been given. Will you stand and sing with us and respond accordingly? There it is. It's been great to worship with you all this morning and to begin our time of remembering the best gift ever this week. But now it's time to go. And as you go this week, wherever you go and whatever you do, take the indescribable gift of God's love with you. And with every gift you give in the next week, I want to challenge you to tell the people that you are giving gifts to about the gift of God's love. Wrapped up in a cloth and laid in a manger, but sent for the purpose of saving mankind. Have a great week. And if I don't see you at Christmas Eve at 7.30, have a Merry Christmas.